0: Everyone, it's Josh Kleckstow here. This is episode five of Bad End, a podcast uh, where we talk about video games. Um, allow me to introduce a couple of my colleagues here. First off, we have
1: actually why don't you guys why don't you introduce yourselves, Kyle? Why don't you go first? I'm just still trying to figure out if that was a real intro because I feel like you started off just real weak.
0: It is a real intro.
1: <laughs> I mean, if we're going to go with this, my name is Kyle Cookstyle. Uh I used to write about video games. I currently work on and make video games. Um, and this is my fifth podcast. Mm. It's your fourth. your fourth. Uh, you're right, except for the fact that we recorded a secret episode zero that nobody knows about.
2: That's true. That's mm. true. I am Katie McCarthy. I am a writer for usgamer.net and i used to be a writer for other places and yeah and today we have i don't know if i should introduce our special guest today we have a very (laughs)
0: special guest why don't you introduce yourself
3: all right um i'm zach budgore i'm a freelance writer uh which means that nothing i say here reflects badly on any specific publication
1: does that mean it (laughs) reflects badly on all publications
3: yeah. Anywhere I write for sanctions my views implicitly. <laughs>
1: That's how it works. Do you
3: write about video games? Uh yeah, I write about video games and movies. That's my beat. Where can we find your work? Um, well, it's all over the place right now. We can throw my Twitter handle in the show notes. Okay. we'll will give we'll, you some we'll give you some, <laughs> we'll give you some plugs there. at the end. We'll give you some plugs at the end.
0: Um, let's let's dive right into it here, folks. Let's talk about what games we've been playing this week. Uh, I think the big one is going to be a little game I like to call Pube-G, or <laughs> Player <laughs> Unknowns <laughs> Battlegrounds.
3: <laughs> uh, you all have played this. I haven't, so.
2: What? Listen, I'm gonna, you, uh, Zach, I think you need to no, no, get I on all this wanna... shit. I,
3: I provide the outside perspective here. You're all indoctrinated.
1: I just want to, so I'm going to lay down my experience with this game. Uh, as Josh knows, I was a major hater when this game came, when this like was announced. I thought it was just like a, like a Twitch meme game. Um, and I knew that it was like, totally like stole. I thought, well, I thought it was, I like stole the battle royale mod from Arma. And I was like, this is what's wrong with capitalism. This person made this beautiful (laughs) game and it like got jacked, uh, and then put into this other game and now they're selling it. What the hell? And then Josh was like, "Oh, you know the dude who like invented that mode, like made this game." And then I was like, "Oh." Uh, and then I was down to play it. Um, yeah, that's my introduction. I don't know how you guys found it. I mean, it was like kind of like trending on Twitch. But- oh, it's it's
0: like one of the top games on Twitch, pretty much all the time. I'll give it a little bit more of an introduction <clears throat> than Kyle's often limited perspective can provide. <laughs> 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 Close closed-minded um it's a video game where it's essentially works like a battle royale or hunger games type thing where you and 99 other players are dropped onto an island and you basically run around and you look for gear and shit and then just kill each other but the the twist is that it's like a really huge island think of like something like arma for instance a really huge environment that takes a long time to traverse uh, but the twist is that it's constantly closing in this circle every like five minutes, so you have to like keep going into where the circle is, which makes players fight each other. It makes you run from point A to point B. It it makes you very like goals oriented. And if you st- you're, if you're outside the circle for too long, you'll essentially just straight up die. Um, so you have to keep moving towards the center, and that forces players to uh, confront and kill each other. So. It's pretty action packed. Uh, You can play either solo or with a group, a squad of people, up to four people in a squad. Um, And I've mostly been playing it with squads because that's just like way more fun to me.
2: Yeah, I, I was hesitant to pick it up because I was just watching it on streams and stuff. And I just figured this is like a game I only enjoy watching and not playing, which is how I used to feel about Hitman. And then I just bit the bullet and got it. And I realized, oh, this game's, like, actually good to, like, play. Not just to, like, watch other people play it. Um, And, yeah. I also enjoy it more in groups. Just because I feel like bouncing off teammates is, like, really satisfying. And kind of chaotic in its own way. Whereas solo, it's like I'm just hiding in a room for, like, fucking 30 minutes until someone hopefully comes and I kill them. Or I have to move... But I mean the only time I made it to the top 5 was solo so it's like maybe I am better solo technically but <laughs> Katie you
0: know. the way Katie plays this game in my experience is that she she is like the ultimate patient like <laughs> <laughs> So yesterday I was playing with her and another friend of ours and we essentially like tried to raid this building And we knew that there was two people in there because we heard, like, explosions in there. And we run into the building. Well, Dan runs in, guns blazing. I'm, like, on the second floor of the building across so I can provide, like, cover fire for him. But Dan runs in, immediately gets fucking taken out, Mert. And I'm like, oh, screw it. Like, I'm just going to go in. We had already lost our fourth friend who we were playing with, like, 20 minutes before because he died at the very beginning. And um, I just, like, ran in and started going up the stairs, got shot and then katie i'm like i'm thinking just like wait where was katie during all this and like it it, you it cuts to the spectator cam afterwards and katie is in a bathroom in like a building like (laughs) on the other side of town just like laying down on the floor prone just like sitting there waiting for something to
1: happen that's amazing i mean
2: i would pop up the map and i would look at that i'm like okay i'm still in the circle i don't need to move yet i'm just gonna chill here until i have to move and then i had to move and it was very intense and i almost made it but then i died Mm -hmm. you know how it works
1: that is like the weird core tension of this game is trying to figure out like oh should i just stay here like you could you could very easily when you first get deployed you get dropped onto this island and it'd be very easy to kind of pick a very central location to just like post up Mm -hmm. but i feel like it's kind of like when playing when you play like Rust or like Daisy or something, or even like Minecraft, where like you can start the game and kind of have like beaten the game very quickly by like oh I got a gun and I'm sitting in a room, but you tend to want to like make fun for yourself and maybe like overextend yourself a little bit, and that's kind of where the tension comes of like oh god I saw somebody over there and I'm trying to kill them now and now they're chasing me. So there's a lot of like fun kind of uh, like ways to play the game like that. And I think that adding like. Like you guys were saying, having other people on your team that kind of like increases the like randomness and chaos of like playing is definitely definitely uh, really awesome. Because if you're playing by yourself, it's like it's very deterministic. You know what you're doing. But if you're like on a fucking motorcycle with like four or five other people, just like gunning it through the fields, like you have no idea what's gonna happen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um. Well, one thing I want to talk about with this game specifically is the art direction and design.
3: (laughs) Or lack thereof. Um, yeah, that's what caught my eye, was the, uh, how fucking hideous it is. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's so obvious it was made by a modder that just doesn't give a shit about this. He's just like, I'm just gonna pull this free font off, like, Font Squirrel for this title. Like, I literally, like, and all the graffiti doesn't match. It's like, you don't know where you are, because it's all so inconsistent. It's like,
1: kind of Russia, but like, also kind of like Berlin, but also kind of like yeah. Chicago.
0: And there's, like, Stonehenge elements, like...
1: Yeah, there's, like... Yeah, and it definitely feels like he... Like, the dude, so to back up, like, to go to my story, the guy who originally made the Arma mod licensed the actual Battle Royale game mode as, like, a thing to do, uh, kind of like the Dota model, but he licensed it as a game design mode, and then he, I think, sold it to Sony Online Entertainment to use in uh, H1Z1, and then he was like, Now I want to like make this game myself. And I don't know if he like got a development team or was provided with a development team, but then got them to make this game. So he's like running the show now. This is player unknown. Like, we're talking about. Right? Yeah, I'm assuming that's a real person. It's unknown yeah. to be to be honest. Oh man. Um But so he's using this game and if you, yeah, so which is to say that it feels like he's kind of inheriting like all of this baggage of like oh, Arma looked like this. And this is how it's supposed to look. And it's like got the same color palette and same like kind of janky control scheme as Arma. And so I'm interested to see like as the game gets more popular, if he'll kind of adapt to change it. Because like you guys are saying, it's like, it is ugly and it doesn't control super well. And it's like, I've, I can post a picture somewhere, but my computer overheats when I play it. Like I've got to stick a fan in the back of my computer just so that my like <laughs> processor doesn't, like reach 180 degrees Fahrenheit before it just shuts down. (laughs) I have to play everything on low and I've got like a decent computer and it's like fine for like doom. But this game is just like, it just doesn't want to have it. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I like about this game
0: is that you can tell, like it's interesting because so many games, they have all this like really nice polish around a lot of things, a lot of AAA games, for instance, you'll see, except like the core thing that the game wants to do and that it's tr- going for they ju- they just drop the ball and it don't get it right. This is a game where everything is so stripped down and everything is so shitty that is not like the main core <laughs> loop of gameplay. You can tell this person does not care about that stuff, but it's it's even a stronger testament to when the game does work when that core gameplay loop you are into it because it's like, oh damn, this actually works pretty well. Like he got, they got these parts, these important parts down.
1: Yeah, I feel like he definitely like knows his audience. Like playing Battle Royale (laughs) in Arma was like a really kind of difficult thing to do. You had to kind of like get a lot of extra like stuff that was outside of the game to just get Battle Royale running and like getting the proper server stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he knew the kind of hoops people had to jump through to do that and how compelling the main gameplay mode was. So knowing that, he was like, oh, man, like, if I just get these things in this game and, like, fuck all the art design and everything else, he's like, people are going to dig this game and they're going to play it and they're going to have these same complaints that we have. But, like, the servers are still packed out and the game's selling, like, crazy amounts of copies.
0: Yeah, and, well, that's why I I played a lot of DayZ, um, which is another game where you had to do all this crazy You had to install these mods and extensions and stuff like that just to get it working. And if you wanted to be on the same friend or server as your friend, you had to like input the server, like IP address and all this stuff. And then it would spawn you in in a random point on the map and you had to find each other. But usually by that point, you'd just be straight up killed by someone there who had a crazy sniper rifle when you're spawned into the world completely naked or something and like all I would think when I was playing Daisy is like, man, I can imagine a situation in which this game would be really awesome and fun to play, and something that I would want to play all the time. And Player Unknown's Battlegrounds feels like it gets there to a much larger extent than Daisy ever did, even though it's still missing things like just like basic taste.
1: <laughs> but they do have a a cosmetic store, so you can, you can you can pay real money to get a really cool shirt, and I think that's you know that's what's really important. Yeah. <laughs> true
2: i mean the clothes are really ugly i one thing i i feel like battlegrounds feels really goofy to an extent and i kind of wish it embraced that goofiness a little bit more in like its clothing or like accessories or whatever like you can pick up these really ridiculous looking coats around and it's like i wish like it embraced like the fashion of it more like you know just the fact that you would find like stupid clothes and environments like i like that aspect of it that's why i always spawn in super naked because like i like finding clothes (laughs) but you know it's it just it feels like it's it's missing that art direction i guess but it's also like i mean would it be the same game if it had art direction it's like a weird thing to think about
0: because well one of the things is like it is, it is weird and goofy. Like, the cover image is a person dressed in, like, a white collar button-up shirt and, like, dress pants and a freaking, like, helmet that looks like a straight-up welder's helmet with, like, an explosion going off behind them. And it's just so off-putting. It's, like, these are just random elements that this guy, like... Assets from some other game that this guy had that he just put onto a character, which in itself is goofy, but it also looks like it's trying to be serious at the same time, which is really off putting.
1: Yeah, I think it's like it plays a lot of it very straight. And like, even though like there's that like kind of goofy stuff, it's like goofy in that like cohesive Mad Max aesthetic. And I, I'm thinking what, what Katie's getting at is like there's so many other things you can do with like having somebody wear a clown hat or like having like a ball gown, like a like a big dress, or like having, you know, um, like an athlete's jersey or something. Like there's so many other things that you can do, and it feels like it's played very much for like Dead this kind of like thing. post-apocalyptic, yeah, 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 this like kind of very specific style. And I think that people don't care about that as much as I think they think they do. And I think this is kind of what I'm talking about in terms of like inheriting the baggage of the previous games. It feels like they could do so much more with the premise in terms of delivering like, crazy fucking cosmetics that they're definitely not doing right now
0: Yeah, it feels super diy in a way that feels it feels very deal diy in a way that seems intentional like for instance the, the the tacking his player unknowns tag uh at the beginning of the game you know and putting yeah. it in all caps in your fucking steam library Come oh on, yeah dude,
1: just, just out there
2: i mean everyone knows who pl- like i feel like player unknown is a pretty big name modder like i like i don't even play with daisy or anything but like i like you know it's like everyone if you're into games at some capacity you're kind of semi-familiar with him but now it's like everyone knows that dude's name because he put his fucking name in the title of a game which is really stupid in my opinion but yeah, you know, what what are you gonna do
0: could this be the rise of the video game auteur oh uh, no great qu- great question because. josh zach oh, yeah. budgore
3: the, I, I pass the floor to you well, my answer to that is if you guys want a game with those fucking sick aesthetics, you need to check out Drawn to Death, like, <laughs> now. Oh, because nice. that is, that's some visually stunning shit, man. Uh, Does it have an yeah.
1: auteur's name attached to it? Yeah, David Jaffe's Drawn to Death. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't want to talk about this game again.
1: What about Ken, Ken Levine's Bioshock? Do you know that one? No. I know Bioshock too. <laughs> How
2: about
0: Hideo Kojima's Metal Gear Solid 5? What about
1: Steve Gaynor's Gone Home? <laughs> that
2: classic? <laughs> Isn't that technically Fulbright? It's like a company. It's not just one dude.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. There's not like a lineage of that. I think you have like Sid Meier who's done like Civilization, but I think even that was like a comedy of errors in terms of why his name is on the box. But yeah. I don't know. I'm down to see more dev names in front of games. Tom yeah. Clancy's everything. Yeah, the few times it's been done just
3: feels like a corny like branding thing. There's like Clive Barker's Undying and Clive Barker's Jericho, and those aren't good.
0: It's like you're not Alfred Hitchcock, homie. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, you that made was, a, that video felt
3: like a That was like a contractual thing. <laughs> He's like, I could be know, writing other
1: books, <laughs> I think one of the initial pitches for this podcast names was uh, Josh Calixto's Bad End. <laughs> But it sounded too much like a teen movie, kind of like Max Keeble's Big Move. It was like too much. We were worried about copyright. There's just a lot of stuff that was going to get in the way of that. So I'm glad we chopped off Josh Calixto from the title of the podcast.
2: Thank you, Kyle. It's the first time I've thought of Max Keeble's Big Move in about like 15 years.
1: You should think about Max Keeble's Big Move at least once a week. There's a lot of of lessons to learn from that movie. What
2: happens in that movie?
1: He makes the big move. That's it? No, he doesn't make the big move. That's the whole Oh, he point.
2: doesn't? What? That's a twist.
1: And that's the start of the movie. He's, like, gonna make a big move, and then he doesn't make the big move, and, he, like, the bullies get mad, and it climaxes in the scene uh... in a dumpster or, like, in a garbage facility with the big tractor. <clears throat> that's okay. That's all I remember. But, all right, <laughs> let me ask you this, though. Would you... There's or, no video game adaptation.
0: Would you or would you not feel confident, more confident in a near three or a yoko taro's near three
1: super confident
2: wait like putting his name in front of it yeah i mean i already know he's making or well, i, what mean, if that I was would already up know <laughs> like i like when you think near you think yoko taro i feel like that doesn't you do put all right what if there
0: what if yoko taro made a new game and it was and then he
3: they branded it
0: yoko taro's new game
3: I feel, I feel like we talk about video games in this way already and putting the person's name on is maybe just like a vanity plate. Like yeah. Blood, the way that people like hopped on Bloodborne because they're like, Miyazaki's back, baby. This is the one. <laughs> so it's like everyone knew his name was implied in the title. So Yeah,
0: that's true. That, I, I that's was just my, running through a list of theory. like friends
1: that I know that would, whose names would make really good like precursors. I thought of my friend Hideo Kojima. Um, <laughs> His new game, I feel like, would make a lot of sense. Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding. Because that's like Is a totally new IP. There? No, but it, it would make oh, sense, man. though. Because yeah, it's, it's like pulling from that audience. You need no, to no, no. text him.
3: You need to text him and let him know that.
1: Yeah, I'll hit him up. I'm going to hit him up on sure the DMs. sure didn't say
2: like a <laughs>
0: Hideo Kojima game like on a title? Uh,
2: I, I yeah, think it's, yeah. like, it's like how uh, Spike Lee always puts like, Spike, Lee Spike Lee joint. Spike Lee joint, yeah. It's like, like Hideo Kojima likely has... Hideo, yeah, Hideo Kojima like Isn't it like Metal Gear Solid 5? Like every chapter ends with like credits with his name. I feel yeah,
1: like that's, right, cre- yeah. that's like
2: the same thing. It's, it's like,
1: like Metal Gear Solid Hideo Kojima Dumpling. Yeah, it's just like that. another little...
2: Yeah. It's like in case you don't remember who made this game, here you go.
1: Cinematic,
3: Katie. That's the word. Um.
2: Is it? I mean, he just has a Criterion collection. I don't think he's like... <laughs>
0: IMDb top 150, AFI's top 100 films, core, taste.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like Frank Ocean and Hideo Kojima have a very similar taste in movies.
2: (laughs) Totally. 100%. All
1: right. Do you have anything
0: else to say about (laughs) PUBG?
2: I hate that you call it that, but...
0: PUBG? I just
2: think it's really fun. I'm enjoying it more than I expected to. I don't really have anything like...
0: groundbreaking
2: to say about it here's
0: a proposition if you get pube g come and add me on steam dm me on twitter follow me on twitter first then you can dm me and then i can we could play together okay yes listeners listeners
3: (laughs) that's a hang with the critics (laughs) you get to hang out with the critics
2: (laughs) hashtag hang with bad (laughs) ends.
0: Meet the people who brought to you Bad End. Josh Kolikstos, Bad End of RollingStone.com. <laughs> um, I've been playing with another thing recently that I wanted to talk about because it's getting a lot of hype in in the world at large. And Wait,
2: we should let Zach say what he's been playing.
3: You don't want before I'm you just continue. go.
2: Don't just double dip right away. Like you need to give someone else right. a chance to talk. You're right. You're
0: yeah. right.
3: Thank <laughs> this, you, Katie. Is, this is fucking Zach Budgore's Bad End now.
1: <laughs>
3: no what but have all been i've playing? been i've i was uh in vermont for the past week and all i had was my ds so i was playing uh wait an og ds call, uh 3ds 3ds, okay, okay. 3DS xl Ooh. uh kingdom hearts big screen. Rib. kingdom hearts triple d uh, <laughs> dream drop distance yeah that's it i didn't i forgot what it was <laughs> because um, uh, my partner's been playing like they got the um, like the remasters of all the Kingdom Hearts games and we're on like number two so I was like I'll just try this one and it is like a marked improvement over like the first two PS2 games which are like hella clunky and they make you feel like you would just rather be playing anything else like, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that this was not the type of game that Square was making when they dropped, like, Kingdom Hearts 1. Like, the combat is just, it's not there. But the DS one is, like, kind of fun. Like, the combos work. You get to hang out with, like, Esmeralda and shit. It's pretty dope. <laughs> but yeah. But, that's, yeah, that's all I've played, really.
2: I, I enjoyed it. It's weird. There's, like, uh, like, po- like. Not Pokemon. I'm trying to think of like what. It's like
3: Nintendo's kind of. Yeah,
2: like you can catch these little things called Dream Eaters, and you can pet them and hang out with them, <laughs> kind of like in like Hatsune Miku games where you can give them, like gifts. Baby and stuff. Well, baby yeah, Hatsune Miku's. Well, like and you can and feed uh, the idols. yeah, like it, yeah, in Project Diva games, you feed you feed them their favorite snacks and drinks, and give them gifts, and they like react, what? like they'll be happy. Yeah. Or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah it's that. great. I that. I played that. Yeah, it's great, and yeah, Dream Drop Distance has that for some reason, and I don't, I don't think Three will have that, so it's just like a weird addition that the three is one. there's game. a lot
3: of like mini game cruft on there. Yeah, like when you do a lot of things, it's like break out the stylus. I'm like, I really <laughs> don't want to do that.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like blowing the microphone. Like, don't make, to make me a do character go faster. <laughs>
3: <laughs> And the uh, God. like the chord, the drop system in the game is like switching you constantly between two guys Riku and Sora and it's weird oh, because I it's like about yeah, it's like timed so you only get a certain amount of time with each of them so you're like constantly playing catch up with each character to like get to the point at which the next guy was it's a bizarre system it doesn't seem to have any effect on anything it's just a uh, needless complication
1: it sounds like a Wrestlemania game just like tapping in and out
3: <laughs> it is kind of yeah because you can do it uh manually too if you are so inclined
1: oh yeah, yeah. i hate it when yeah. they feel
3: so like smug with themselves or, like
0: blew
1: into the mic now they made us do this corporate made us put in this feature <laughs> <laughs> this was like the thing with like i don't th- i don't feel like there's a legacy of this on the 3ds but like for the ds it was something about like that console where just I don't know if you guys remember, but, like, the first, like, year of games that Nintendo put out on the DS all had some, like, crazy weird gimmicky feature, but mm-hmm. also their names were DS. Like, there was Advance Wars, Dual Strike. There was Castlevania, Dawn of Sorrow. There was Mario Kart. Uh, I think it's just
2: DS,
1: Double? isn't it? Wasn't it? It was DS. No, do- but it, yeah, Double Dash it had, is a
2: different game, yeah.
1: But it was weird, because, like, again, yeah, like, Field of Love, XXXY was, like, blowing the mic... Then there was, like, the crazy, like, puzzle game where, like, some girl was on an island that hauled this crazy stuff. And I think the 3DS came out and they were like, eh, it's 3D. That reminds me of
3: uh, Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U when, like, I think there was a blowing thing in there, too. (laughs) Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah, Like, one specific mechanic in, like, one level.
2: I hate that. uh, Or it was, like,
1: the Wii controller had that microphone and there was some games where you had to, like, put it up like you are making a call and someone's like what? talking to
0: you yeah, yeah yeah hotel dusk had this one puzzle where it was like
1: you had you were like looking at
0: a journal or a box or something and like the solution was that like it, there was like a thing on one side of the box that you want to get on the other side of the box but you had to close your ds so that like when you open it it was like the thing had transferred to the other side and i could not Damn. figure it out it was the worst <laughs> That's kind of some creepy. metal gear solid shit. It's yeah, yeah. some unplug and plug in some controllers. Yeah. I want that fourth dimin- fourth wall breaking.
3: Yeah, then you're like, "Oh shit, bro." Which like, by the way, idea. yeah.
0: I've been playing NieR Automata more and some of the fourth wall breaking in that game is prime. Like, <laughs> oh man. It, like anytime they break the fourth wall in a game, I just it gets it hits this spot deep inside me that just like loves video games. You know, I'm like, I love video games every time it happens. You know, what,
3: uh, what specifically are you talking about?
0: Only a video game could do such a thing. Like, um, you know, when, <laughs> you know, at the, this is a little bit of a spoiler for anyone listening, but at the beginning of the second playthrough, um, when you're like monitoring two bees like, oh, yeah, diagnostics thing, and it's just showing a recording of when you did that tutorial the first playthrough. But that was cool. I was like, huh, is this are they just like playing just like the generic thing a player does when they do this? But no, it was the exact recording because I like they, they give you the option to like self destruct or whatever that you have to turn it on <laughs> or off. And I like after he told me to turn it on, I like turned it off again, and he was and he was like, "Give me some other prompt after that," and then I turned it back on after that, and so the recording was fully intact. So, it was like it was me. Yeah,
2: I know. I noticed it was a recording because I spent way too long in the brightness settings, like I always do. <laughs> I always just like trying to make sure it's perfect, and then I go back and I regret it. And I was like, "Man, I'm like really annoying with this."
0: <laughs> but like that's and that was man. my realization. It's such a brilliant thing. You know.
2: Yeah, it's really good great game wait how how far are you both in it like what what playthrough are you on
0: uh i'm on two
3: no
2: you're still three. on the second one. i'm on
3: three
2: you're on three mm-hmm. okay zach where are you
3: oh i finished it
2: oh you finished it
3: yeah i finished it oh, a I while didn't ago I it. oh I didn't but I, I think it. josh and i both i think everybody agrees that it's like second playthrough is like a little too long yeah, yeah. They, totally. let, they let you uh there's, like, a bunch of parts where it's sort of aimless. And you have, like, a few places you could go to, but it's not forcing your hand. So if, like, you're prone to distraction, you just end up, like, fucking around for, like, two, three hours there. Yeah. Which I guess is your own fault. Which, bro, that might be, like, a statement about players and stuff. <laughs> but...
2: Probably is, honestly, given how that game is. Whatever.
1: Speaking of really long JRPGs... Um... I was thinking recently about this game I played as a child in which I was involved in forums on called Ark Symphony. <laughs> Bro. Do you guys remember well, that game? Yeah.
3: Why is nobody talking about this? I don't. I just feel like It's such a like,
1: cult classic. I feel like all the influencers on Twitter should be talking about this game. I mean, uh, they are.
2: Yes,
3: I recall, I remember playing that as a kid.
2: Who's your favorite Ark Symphony character? Um,
1: Zephyrion. <laughs>
2: Is that like your on the spot at JRPG?
1: <laughs> is that your go to JRPG name? That sounded odd. right. Wait, wait. Can we take it back up? What is your guys's go to JRPG names?
2: Like when you're naming a character or oh, just yeah, like yeah, when yeah. you If think, you have to oh. name it. I just name it after myself because I'm really boring.
1: I go with the OG oh, intended
3: name. Canon name? Yeah. I, uh,. I usually use one of my dogs' names to be honest with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do your dogs have JRPG names
3: like Cloud? It's a uh, Bronson. So well, he doesn't was, have a
2: cool tough name.
3: Yeah. So he gets to do a little role playing there that, in his <laughs> imaginary life as like a Japanese schoolboy. You guys nice. never do like your mom's butt or something like that? <laughs> like, no man that's crass
1: i say josh's mom's butt though that's definitely my go-to character name oh wow my Kyle, mom listens to Isn't this f- podcast i do want to, i do want to talk about arc symphony though for you guys who don't know uh it was an itchio game that was released i think two weeks ago yeah. and the it's the whole it's an interactive fiction game where you're kind of browsing the forums of uh, a non—I oh, guess it's not in the forums. It's like a mailing list and IRC chat of yeah. a JRPG game that never came out, but sounds like it could have because it's got all the like signifiers of JRPG, like fandom-inducing stuff that these people talk about. Um, and yeah, I- I'm interested to hear what you thought, Zach, about playing Arc Symphony. Um,
3: so I did. I caught wind of a few people on Twitter in the weeks leading up to it. And I think the first one I saw, I I like legit like looked it up. I was like, what's this clown talking about? And (laughs) all I could find, they have sort of like a Neo City site, I think. And it like looks very old as hell. And it's like, you can view this site in 1024 by 768. And it just, it looks like really nasty and old. And so I was like, I guess this is just like some gamer shit. (laughs) (laughs) it's just like some some like relic or something that i hadn't heard of like just a ps1 rpg because i never had a ps1 so that's my out here um and they made like cover art that looks like really dope but then i played it and i think i didn't i don't are there multiple ways through the game because i feel like you're sort of like um just engaging with like other fans throughout the game and there's a few conflicts that come up And it appears that, like, you're playing as this person who's, like, recently come back into the scene after being absent for a while. And the conflicts, it looked like to me, were sort of, like, you could either agree with everybody or just be, like, no, that sounds like bullshit to me. There's, like, two very binary options of, like, just be chill or, like, start some shit. So I'm not sure. It also seemed short, so I don't know if I fucked something up. All that is to say uh, it seemed cool, but I don't think I did it right.
1: I can actually agree. It has, like, a very, like, uh, I can remember people gave, what was uh, was it the, the Witcher or, like, uh, one of the new Dragon Age games where you had, like, very small, like, dialogue options that you would choose and then, like, the person would extrapolate on that theme. I yeah, think it was think Fallout would, or something.
3: I think it was Dragon Age because it was, like, happy. And then they would, like, <laughs> say something. You just had no idea what you were doing. From
1: yeah, Pokemon this game around. is, like, yeah. oh, that sounds cool or, like. Fuck you, Dying of Fire, for thinking that about my favorite character. Like, there's <laughs> these two crazy binary options, and I'm kind of with you. My game ended. I feel like it ended short. All of a sudden, I was kicked out of the channel, um, the imaginary like mailing list.
3: Yeah. So I mean, because it's short, I could do it again, but
2: I wasn't. I played it like a couple times because I was curious too. And I, I, like, there's other stuff for you to dig around in, like outside of just like the email chains or whatever, but. Yeah, like, when you're kicked out, it's just, like, there's this conflict you reach, and then you're not really, like, you have kind of, like, a final, like, say-so where you can be, like, oh, this is totally fine, I don't understand why this is, like, a big deal, or, like, the alternative, like, oh, this person's lying or whatever, but then, like, you're kicked out, and it's, like, no like in both options, so it didn't, I don't know, I kind of was confused as to why... That was the case, I yeah. guess. I mean, they seemed like so two super different outcomes, but like they could have just re or written a different type of outcome or a different reason you would be ousted, but, yeah, it was really weird. I mean, I like. I think I like that game mostly, though.
3: Yeah, it's, like, an interesting concept, and, like, the sort of ARG element of it was kind of cool, even yeah. though it was, to an extent, only something you saw talked about as if people had just discovered it. Mm-hmm. They were like, man look at the wild ps1 game that never existed but there were like four articles like that
0: yeah why did it feel like games twitter did this game's publicity for free
2: from what i understand is some of the developers like as a joke like tweeted like oh remember this game and it's like part of like the canadian game developer community which is pretty tight-knit from like what i've reported on in the past but yeah like It was just a few, like, joke things, but then it was, like, people seeing that and taking it seriously, and then it was, like, other game developers that were, like, picking up, like, oh, I'm gonna post about this too as a joke, because, like, I know, like, this is just whatever this game is. And then it just kind of spreads to be this, like, weird accidental marketing thing, um... But, yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. It, it was just weird. Yeah, it, like, it, it seemed to, like, from all the interviews I read with the developers, it seemed to happen, like, by accident. So it was just like, oh, let's joke about this game to promote, obviously, the really small Twine game that seemingly, like, a small group of people would play and then it turned into this, like, way bigger thing. Oh. But, yeah, Sophia Park has, like, a following. Like, she's not super, like, un- obviously Twine, develop- Twine games are smaller than, like, any other games, but it, I think it was because it was, like, this already established community kind of picked up on this thing as a joke and then it just you know people are like oh what is this game i have heard of it before and that became like a big thing
3: <laughs> yeah i think some people did actually think it was like a lost game and that yeah. sparked more interest
1: i'm definitely i'm interested in it because i i come to it and like i was like definitely part of communities like that and the game feels it feels like targeted to like to make some end and it's got like all of the like, requisite, like, nostalgia checks, like, someone's talking about the internet connection, like, <laughs> someone mentions, like, someone says something that's, like, very 90s and stuff, so it feels kind of like this small little nostalgia bomb. Um, yeah. And I guess my thing is, like, okay, so it is, it is, like, interesting to engage with it, but also, like, to what end? Is it just, like, a thing? Is it, like, fun to think about the space? Or is it, like, is there stuff past when we all got kicked out that, like, goes somewhere narratively? Otherwise, it feels like you're kind of just existing in this, like, imaginary space for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and you're not really given a lot of tools to engage with it.
3: Yeah. I think part, to me, it seemed about recreating that specific experience. And that was the extent of it. Like, as, like it seems noteworthy that, like, you're playing as someone who's, like, coming back into the fold after a little bit. And someone mentions to you, like, oh, I thought you were gone. And you can be like, I'm back and like John Wick style and then <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> um and yeah it just seemed like that headspace it like wanted to capture that moment again i don't know what to to what end i was never like in that scene so and maybe there's like details in there cuz it is all text so the subtleties may have not come through the first time
0: yeah i feel like a lot of this like kind of internet forum nostalgia and like communities for fandoms and stuff like that was never anything I was really a part of, so it's, like, hard for me to relate to a lot of stories like that, you know?
3: Yeah. I mean, it sort of, to me, scratches the same itch as Gone Home did, and that it's, like, not obviously the formally it's totally different because it's a Twine game, but, like, the dipping into, like, a very specific time and place and surrounding you with signifiers of that, like the Heavens to Betsy tape and Gone Home and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think Gone Home is, like, has a broader mission and what it's trying to say but the uh the aesthetic stuff seems similar to me emily is
0: away I mean, is another good one that's what i was gonna say yeah
3: that's a good one too that's more that yeah that's more focused like this
0: i think that wraps up uh for the first half of the episode and when we get back we're gonna talk about more stuff see ya Zach, um, you are just talking about how you have an opinion about a game called The Last of Us why don't you tell the audience a little bit about how you feel about that game
3: uh, <laughs> this is a big <laughs> one one caveat I have not played the DLC that um, everyone tells you is like the best part but that's also like a standalone thing so I feel like it does not supplant one's criticisms of the main game so i just don't think i just i guess this is one of those takes where it's like you look at what other people say about something and you're like trying to undermine that because in itself (laughs) the last of us is like i don't know it's like a competent third person stealth game but i feel like there's something i must be missing with that game because it's just like the story stuff and that's sort of like I think that's sort of the backbone of the game because it's always funneling you between cutscenes and like dialogue, sort of like the Uncharted games. But here it's like, it's more serious and it's more grim. And it's just all these post-apocalyptic tropes that have been like wheeled out in every medium at this point. Like we were behind comic books on this one. (laughs) (laughs) And there's one moment before everyone else tries to destroy my ironclad take here. (laughs) <laughs> There's one moment in the game I think that switches you from, I think, uh, summer to fall when this dude realizes, like, his son was bitten or whatever. And he shoots his son and then he shoots himself and, like, cuts to black. And you're supposed to be like, fuck, bro, he just did that. But it just felt like something that I've seen in, like, anything involving zombies or infection. It's like, oh, no, the, a person's loved one has been infected and they have to put them down. And then he can't take it, so he shoots him. I just there's a lot of like emotional stuff in that game that just didn't work for me, which is why something it does toward the end was really cool. And then it sort of backpedals on that, too. So is anyone here like a huge fan? I know, Katie, you said that you can see some criticisms.
2: Yeah, I like the that exact moment. I feel like I've seen that in a lot of zombie, lit- like, fiction, I guess, but, you know, it's, I, I don't know, I, I think the character of Ellie is really what drew me to that game, mm-hmm. um, and, like, how she develops and the the section of that game where you play as her and, like, the ending of that game, um, And I'm not really going anywhere with this, I guess. No, but (laughs) like yeah, it's that
3: section that I'm talking about that I thought was really cool, where you go into the winter section, you're playing as Ellie, and the main character Joel is nowhere to be seen, and you sort of assume that he's dead. Yeah, it would have been really cool if he was dead. Yeah, if the game (laughs) just went on from there and suddenly that guy's gone, but um, it turns out that he's like sort of sick and like recuperating, and eventually you play as him again
2: um yeah like when you play as him again it's so disappointing in a way but also i really like the scene that transpires after that because ellie's like not really like enthused anymore and she's like a totally different person with like all the shit that happened back there yeah but and there's like a really nice scene. like he's obviously viewing her as like his daughter now and it's kind of like uncomfortable like this relationship because like it's obviously just one-sided like she does not feel the same about him yeah and it's pretty apparent with how she treats him and is very, like, point-blank with him. And, yeah, I, I I think their relationship is really what grounds that game. And it's, like, yeah, that definitely has been, like, the whole, especially, like, the father-daughter type relationship, like, that's been done in post-apocalyptic fiction, like, a million times. But I think because this game, obviously, to like, just do the whole stupid, like, oh, it's interactive, it's a game. Like, I think that's really what... <laughs> Like, connects you with these characters. Because you do play as both Joel and Ellie. And, like, in the last scene, you're playing as Ellie. Like, you're seeing that scene unfold from her perspective.
0: Right. But... I also think that it kind of sticks the landing pretty well. And I I have to feel personally like it's one of the better video game endings out there. Because it is so, like, okay with leaving it on such, like, an unresolved note. And the game feels very much up for interpretation in a way that a lot of games just don't feel which i thought was like a really cool thing about it and also in that the way that it's unresolved is very like confronting questions that actually challenge your average gamer um in in a way that like seems very cognizant of the the young male demographic or like aging male who's playing this game like a there's like a lot of dads who are like well maybe i i feel like i might approach this differently as a father (laughs) type thing which is something that happened i listened to a lot of podcasts around that time and there was a lot of that like throwing around well i don't know if this is you know i would have made the same decision i don't know maybe i would have been the joel in this scenario maybe i would have been a horrible person um but i i mean i thought that was like a neat way of kind of messing around with your audience and the tropes and like what's expected of you uh In a part where it kind of, this is the last thing that you're gonna remember about this game. Um, I thought
1: that was cool. Isn't there a sequel though?
2: Yeah, I don't want there to be a fucking sequel. It's so when I saw that trailer, I was that PlayStation Experience when they revealed that. I I've never been so unenthused for like a sequel to a game (laughs) I technically love. I was like, I don't, I don't want this. Like, I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine. But I, like, I don't know, like, unless they whip up, like, a really good story, I don't. Yeah, I mean, that, just...
3: that seems to, like, undermine the, the and I agree that the ending of The Last of Us yeah. is sort of a cool, because it's about these two characters, and it doesn't, it, yeah, it doesn't feel like the typical, like, everything's tied off, you got all your power-ups, like, you maxed out, you can go back in for another run, it's just, like, the end of a story. <laughs> which yeah. is cool.
1: Does someone and I, does someone shoot somebody else? Um have you not played this Kyle? So my thing with The Last of <laughs> Us is that it just looks so boring.
2: What? Wait, Kyle, you saw, never uh, played The Last of Us?
1: No, and, and I can't brain to
3: take is <laughs> I never even played <laughs> the, the Last I mean, of I, Us.
2: <laughs> it looks
1: like the most generic like third person oh God. game. God. Like it like from like I can understand like it having a good story. But kind of to dovetail off Zach is saying, it was like, oh, there's zombies and there's people who are having relationships. And it's like The Walking Dead, who had done like three seasons by then. Yeah. There's like a whole ton of comic books. And I was like, uh, A, I'm tired of zombies. And like, B, I don't care about more zombie stories. And then you watch like how the game actually plays. And it's like, oh, I get to walk through buildings and like pick up stuff and craft stuff and like shoot stuff. <laughs> And i get like a story on the side and I, I just i never saw like a compelling reason to even try that game
3: yeah so I, never I mean i it. I was in the same boat like i didn't play it until they remastered it and it basically came with my ps4 but <laughs> um i do think like playing it is maybe the least interesting part of it because i got really tired of like getting i those think clickers piled on me and then, shit. like
1: why is it, why is it a video game is my thing oh, because like oh, baby. you say you say is you say you're playing as different people, but like, do Ellie and Joel play differently? Are they this? Like, is it still the same third person camera? Somebody might shoot and somebody might not shoot, but like the mechanics are still the same between them. Like when you say you see a different perspective, what does that actually mean?
3: Narratively, I think. Although I think Ellie is like, uh, she does play differently to some extent. Yeah.
2: Yeah, she's more like she's bow and arrow, strong. stealthy, focused. Yeah. In the same um, way Joel
3: is. I
0: should say. I'm
2: going to (laughs) argue that I think the game is terrible on normal mode because it's just like super easy and it doesn't, you don't feel like any tension at all. It's just like very generic third person shooter type thing. Like you you don't have to be stealthy at all. You can just run in and shoot
3: Yeah, I cheesed a lot of those parts.
2: Yeah. But on survivor mode, which is like the, well, it was the hardest difficulty and then they like as DLC, there's like another difficulty above that now. But survivor mode is really good because, like, everything is very scarce, so it actually feels like, in a way, you're actually scrounging around these environments, and, like, everything feels a lot tougher, and you take, like, I think less damage to before you die, so everything just feels more tension, there's, like, more stakes, and it just puts you more into that game, whereas with, like, normal mode, it's just, like, oh, it's just an Uncharted-type shooter. Where, like, I'm I mean, pretty much unstoppable yeah. and it doesn't feel, like, it doesn't, like, put you into that post-dyst- post-dystopian narr- narrative.
1: I, like, I hear that to a degree, but then I also, like, I haven't played it, but I, like, have watched a lot of people play it. My roommate, like, played through a lot of it at the time. And it was, like, it was supposed to be this, like, tense, like, post-apocalyptic experience. But, like, in terms of, like, actually achieving that from gameplay and not, like, cutscene dialogue stuff... Like you were standing behind a wall and ellie was just like running wherever the fuck in front of you just like doing circles around all the people that you're supposed to be shooting it's like this is like this is so not in terms of like if it's supposed to be this cohesive like narrative experience why is she just like running clearly she's invincible and she can't get killed and she's just running all over the place like not actually triggering any enemies it's like only once you pop out do they like care about it Mm. and then for like the post-apocalyptic like survival stuff it seems like it had this like uh i don't even know what to call it but it's like a survival games problem where the game is like somewhat linear and like especially if you're playing in a mode in which supplies are scarce there's never a situation in which you're going to see something on the ground and you're like not going to pick it up you're like oh there's tape just gonna go walk by that it's like everything you see you're gonna want to pick up anyways so you had there's like this weird sense of like why even put stuff on the ground that you have the option to pick up if you know that as a player you're going to be picking it up to, like, craft it for something in the future? And so, like, that TDM plus this, like, weird, like, tension-breaking mechanic of, like, Ellie just going all over the place (laughs) really, like, turned me off to playing the game. Like, plus, and I was like, okay, it's like a story about zombies Like just not interested. I
0: feel like it's, like, the the pinnacle of the, okay, go from point A to point B and watch a cutscene type of game. Which is like... That sounds
1: so boring. Like, why is that exciting? Like, why do people care about this okay, game? But
0: that, well, that is like a genre that's like so many years that's in That's a the shitty making.
1: genre. <laughs> it's like not a good genre. Like, a- like, especially like, I think I like, mean, you can say Naughty that. Dog has done like a good job doing like Indiana Jones games. Like, that's interesting. Like, and they kind of really lean into spectacle and it's like crazy shooting and stuff. But like the same formula feels like it just breaks down when you're trying to play this downbeat thing. When you're like, oh, there's like the super intense story... Also, there's these, like, crazy shooting sections for, like, uh, because we got to have a game inside of this. Like, I'd be more interested if it was more of something that was, like, a straight narrative experience. And, like, just fucking rip the game shit out of it. Like, I would love to play a version of The Last of Us where you don't have to, like, shoot zombies in between stuff. Because it doesn't seem, like, narratively significant but, to the actual but plot it is, of the story. Cause
0: you I mean, it's not, narr- quote, narratively significant. But you feel that tension and you feel like, I don't know. You got you. You all thought it was easy, but I had some moments that were like legit tense when I was playing that game. Where I was like, "Damn, this is this is crazy. Like this is harsh. Like this is intense." And that it it backed that point to me of this just feeling like kind of desperate and hopeless type thing. Um, and even just like the opening cutscene of when you're uh, the little girl, like kind of walking through the house and going through and seeing what's happening. I thought that stuff was really strong and really creative.
1: Yeah. That stuff was dope.
3: I hated that that shit. I'm sorry.
1: That's what I want the I wanted the game to like be that, like that would be dope. I mean,
3: in, in the sense that it like bait and switches you, it's like an interesting opening. But then if you think about it, like this dude loses his daughter and then you go into a game that's about him gaining a surrogate daughter. It's just like the most schematic, like opening for that story possible. It's like, get her out of the way, bring in the next one let him cop some he (laughs) he, he, like catches feelings and then everything goes sour it's like it feels really like rigid i guess and i don't usually have a problem with like story mechanics but it does seem it seemed to me like they wanted me to like really be devastated by that and i was just sort of like at a distance like because i i guess i knew the arc of the game at that point maybe that was my
1: problem can we can we also because we're talking about the story talk about the initial pitch for this game that you guys might may or may not know about um, i have a Hell, vague idea remember.
3: but you, sh- you should oh talk man about
1: it. this is some good shit okay so initially the last of us the whole premise of the game was that uh i don't know if his name was joel but it's basically this one guy was the last dude on earth kind of like why the last man type stuff and all the zombies that you're killing were women he just had to kill oh, all I the women. this. Oh my God.
2: Yeah,
1: it's like what the fuck. Like that was that got pretty far into development before they decided that like, you know what, this is a bad idea. <laughs> and like knowing that and like knowing like the history of like ridiculous crunch time at Naughty Dog on top of like this crazy misogynistic plot makes you be like, I don't know. I do not have a reason to engage with this game. Okay, I don't crazy think that pe- I don't potentially previously. I don't think-
2: i don't think that got far though no i don't think that got far i've only seen concept art of that i think you're like way over no it's like in
1: it's like there's i think it was like a wired article on the game where they're describing it like in terms of like the game like i think it was a post uncharted like interview like what's next for naughty dog and they're like describing this game and like its concept and like this is what they were talking about you don't criticize the game that they almost made no, but I think to, Zach, to like to back up Zach's point, though, it feels like there's like this y breakdown of a narrative that comes because it was slotted into this other position where all these other parts are in place, and they're like, what works in this formula, and like what's uh, like economically feasible for us to leverage what we've already done. Yeah, I've, and like I, do I, yeah. I've
3: heard arguments that uh, the game starts like that to like get quote unquote. I'm speaking like in such general terms here, but like the male player into that headspace of, like, being vulnerable and shit. And then when you switch back to Ellie later, it's supposed to be sort of a shock that you're not playing, like, this buff dude, which is, I think, in light of the, this is sort of related, the way that Bioshock Infinite had to put Booker on the cover to sell the game, like, by Ken Levine's own admission. I think these games were explicitly engaging with, like, trying to tell a story they wanted to tell while still basically bowing to the player base. And, like, the financial demands of releasing these huge games. Which is sort of interesting, but it also, I think, you can see the seams.
0: Which is also evidenced by the fact that I guess the DLC was a lot more brave in how it
3: tackled this stuff, I guess. Yeah, the DLC seems like very straightforward and like, here's Ellie. You get to, like, know more about Ellie. And that was always the most interesting part of the game, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I, I really like the DLC. I I'm I'm one of those people As like, I like the DLC more than the base game, but it's also like, I don't think the DLC is good as like a standalone without playing the original game in a way. Mm-hmm. It's like, you have to kind of have that knowledge from the game to enjoy the DLC. That said, I'm not enthused about the sequel, so. I,
0: I will say about yeah. The Last of Us, one last thing, I guess, for me. To defend the last it, because I, like, I feel like I feel like maybe it doesn't need more defense because everybody already loved it, and this nah, is kind of either. we're hearing People the opposite. People dick right
3: this game; it doesn't need you. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I will say that I think that it hits its emotional beats well, and I think that the way that it's acted and the performances are quality. Which I don't think this is something that should necessarily be dismissed because it's a video game. Um, I think it has like good performances, and I think that they add. Uh, that the the punch of playing the game adds to that, and and it complements that in a way that we kind of don't get out of a lot of games that have action and cutscene action and cutscene, which is a lot of video games. So I think uh, like re- it's relatively on a on a, on a scale of games that have come out previously is is good.
1: You know what I liked better than Last of Us. Dude, you didn't even play Last of yeah, Us. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I haven't even played
1: it. Have you guys played uh, a little game called Heavy Rain? Oh, my <laughs>
2: God. God. I uh, think
1: that's a beautiful example of, like, what The Last of Us could have been. What? And, like, I want to see more people wait. do Kyle, oh mechanical my God. stuff Kyle. like that. Kyle, It
0: could have been shitty. There was, like, some like,
1: some, like, say? some like crazy, like, Bojangled parts of Heavy Rain. But I feel like in terms <laughs> of, like, not, like... There was, like, some, like, way stupid narrative shit in that game, which, like, obviously, but in terms of, like, the way Jesus! the way they go about telling a story is, like, stupid. Like, I think that, like, that makes more sense in terms of what I think The Last of was trying to I do, where I it's, like, there's, like, no, like, stupid puzzles. There's no, like, weird, like, I think there is some, like, dumb fight stuff. And there's, like, some, like, quick time event things, yeah. which, like, suck. And those are admitted to suck. <laughs> but they're few and far between in terms of just, like, being able to explore the world, and, like, the themes of the game, like, the way you play it dovetail because you're, like, this detective, like, searching for stuff. So just in the same way, you're, like, searching the environment and, like, doing these Wait, things. It feels like you really get to occupy these spaces. So,
3: what, so your ideal version of The Last of Us is a telltale game, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: The Walking Dead, like, the first and, like, second season were, like, great. I mean, they had, like, some dumb puzzle shit in there, too. Like, don't get me wrong. But, like, the way they go about telling their narrative where it's, like, this is what the game is about. It's not about, like, you hold an axe to, like, kill something. It's very much about, like, really drilling into these character dynamics. And, like, that's what's interesting. I hope John B. is
3: listening to this. (laughs) Did you play... John's gonna back me up. Did you play Until Dawn, Kyle? No. no i think you like that i think it's like yeah until one Dawn's of the it's best examples of the uh what is that dude's name the heavy rain dude cage uh, yeah david cage, oh, david cage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that guy like that style of game i think until dawn does extremely well
1: that game flew under my radar it like came out and people talked about it and then just disappeared Where,
3: they were teasing it for so long and when it dropped it was almost like wait that shit's out now but it is, yeah, and then it turned out to be good, good. Yeah. which is surprising. That was, yeah. like, the big surprise. Yeah, people are like, yo, this is actually kind of good.
1: I also, like, in a similar, like, I feel like Last of Us vibe, I did enjoy Alan Wake, but, like, minus a lot of the fight stuff. Like, those, like, were kind of weird, but, like, the way you kind of did story in that, I think was really interesting. In terms of, like, being in sort of the more, like, Naughty Dog-esque mode versus the David Cage mode. Yeah. Also, RIP, dude. <laughs> you guys got to buy Alan Wake it's going to go off the steam store because they lost it's already off yeah i think that happened already well too late (laughs) it's already yeah no one can (laughs) get alan Wake anymore
2: i think that was last week like monday after monday it's gone forever which is sad that's absurd has
3: that ever happened to like any game before or is it just the amount of music they used
2: I mean, I it's, it's happened does. in the games before, but not... F- I don't... I can't recall a specific instance where it's, like, music licensing was the problem. But there's, like, games that have lost their license and have to be pulled from stores. Okay. Like that's totally happened before. But music licensing is, like, so dumb. That's, like, such a dumb reason. Yeah. It's, like, really sad, like, in a way. It's like, oh, a game's... Now no one can get it <laughs> just because of music or something.
1: I, I do remember that game having, like, a lot of, like, interesting licensed music. Yeah um or i could just be projecting because the news story's out right now but i definitely feel like there were like a lot of like interesting songs that were no like, that you could really it was cool. like
3: radios you could switch on throughout the world i think and they all played like oh, actual yeah.
1: songs so
3: that was cool and it is now done the game in so maybe rethink that one next time <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no don't put music in your games yeah. Kyle i need to confront you about something
1: Oh, oh, man. I think I know what's going to happen.
2: So, this list came out recently. I don't even know who published this list. Does anyone remember this? Well, I guess I'll say the list before I go into this. But there was a national survey about the best hamburger in the United States of America. America. Yeah. And five guys won over In-N-Out. And, Makes sense. And Kyle, yeah, Kyle said In-N-Out oh, sucks oh or something God, to that Kyle. extent. And it's like... It, it hurt me, so I want you to explain your position, because it's, this like hurts
3: my soul a little yeah. bit. You have to defend all your right. position, because we are all correct.
1: Yeah. All right. As a good southern boy, I grew up with prime beef, got a lot of burger choices. Uh, I had my fair share of burgers, a lot of bergs. I've had east coast bergs, I've had west coast bergs. Now living in New York, I've had north coast bergs as well. <laughs> Is North Coast I've had, the had, like a, thing. I've, had the, I've had a lot of good burgers in my day, and I want to say that the shittiest burgers i probably had that are widely available came from In and Out. Okay, okay,
0: god.
2: okay. This is <laughs> That's a f- oh my god, Sh- shittiest. <laughs> it's like In and Out is like
1: the most like it's just generic. Like Jesus. it's cheap. It's like it's like buying one of those little like dollar burgers from like Crystal or something. It's just super underwhelming. The fries are like fine, but like I feel like if we put like our boy Guy Fieri <laughs> In and Out, he would just he would hate it. He's like I would go to a diner down the road that's better than
2: Anthony this. Bourdain loves In and Out. He eats it every time he goes to LAX. David, Chain I know because loves I used to watch In-N-Out. a lot of Nervous Nation. Oh.
1: So to that point, I will say you Californian people, can you name like two burgers? Put pl- two burger places that are like. As widely available as In-N-Out in California,
2: McDonald's, Burger King, <laughs> Jack in the Box. But wait, as
1: widely available, In-N-Out is only in like, a couple uh, states. Home skillet,
2: like Five Guys. Yeah, like, that's no, available I mean, like, too. In
1: California, it's like the burger. Like, what else are you working with? Tommy's. I mean, got, there's like, five- McDonald's Yo, and Tommy's, the Hat, Rick's. Yeah.
2: Freaking, um, Five Guys is <laughs> five around guys California is, too.
1: Five
0: Guys is all up in California. Home skillet. Um,
1: that's <laughs> where they won because there was a real burger to compare it against
0: that's, that's absolute bullshit five
2: Honestly. guys isn't even I good five, i actually five got guys five guys like, last night whatever. and it was
1: great and i was like this is so much better than in n out
0: i've been all around the usa i've lived in multiple states and i've had some good burgers in my time you know i like i like i like, I like me a lot of burgers i like five guys actually i i eat, I eat five guys what about um, the cheese though The che- fuck five guys love cheese. that cheese they never... Honestly... Give me, give me that crap gonna single on my gonna burger. Ruin five <laughs> That's what for I'm about. Right they never melt the cheese. One time, I swear to God, dude... That's what's multiple, great about on it. multiple No! I have asked for them to melt the cheese, and they didn't. And I got the burger, and the cheese
1: wasn't melted. Can you believe that shit? I feel like when you melt the <sighs> cheese on a burger... You actually lose a lot of the cheese. What taste. the hell like, is wrong it? With just, you, Kyle? It like sinks <laughs> into the burger and you don't I'm, get that like what kind f- of frozen cheese taste.
2: What?
3: Kyle, what let me what's like your fast food burger then? Is it five guys? Dude, five uh, guys. I tried to give you a chance and then you said <laughs> fucking five guys. if five guys, five guys is, is the just best
1: so, you can do. Ugh.
2: Five guys has good fries, and that's it. America voted,
1: and they gave five guys the best burger. Because America's fucking stupid. They also
2: voted Donald Trump Trump as their fucking president.
1: You should also consider that California has more people in it than, like, all of America. So they've got a lot of voting power in this burger. Thing and I feel like you guys would have unified around In and Out being great. I and would for the it. record,
2: let the record stand. I did not know the survey was going on. I would have voted one hundred percent for In and Out.
1: I'm just saying you guys got all of California on your back to like pimp Five Guys of the survey, uh, or In and Out, and Five Guys wins. so Kyle, you're the I don't know what you want me to say. Alex
0: Jones of Burgers.
2: <laughs> Do your best, Alex Jones impersonation. I don't have one. <laughs> Damn. I oh, hoped I would get you one. They're gonna...
1: There's a pick, they put the pickles <laughs> on them. The cheese should be cold at all times. No, the best part about Five Guys is that I can get a bacon cheeseburger and it comes with two patties, bacon, cheese. If I look in the fridge and I don't see Kraft
0: singles. <laughs> Lift up our God. The mountain cheese is there. The in and out <laughs> is the best burger ever. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's that was really
1: you guys good. still have been solely on In and Out though. I don't know what's so good about it.
2: It's so good. <laughs> I have. <laughs> that's all you okay, got. Okay. I, I freshly sourced time. potatoes and buns. Okay, listen, listen, <laughs> listen to me. I have lived in California all my life. I was born in San Diego. I moved so to the deleted. Bay Area when I was like in kindergarten or some shit. I don't remember when. And I've grown up in California. I've lived in California. I have remained in California. <laughs> I have traveled all across the world to Japan to the east coast once when i was a kid to the west, staying in the west coast like 99 she something.
0: has credentials
2: i have been everywhere kinda not really but i have tried a lot of burgers because i love hamburgers and they're one of my favorite foods and in and out has always been one of my favorites it is so good that spread that little like thousand islandy sauce is perfect mm, animal style mm-hmm. fries can't go can't can't Ooh. go wrong with animal style fries so good <laughs> And it hurts me. Right. It pains me that you would like this fucking burger place. It's like, oh, you could put like 50 things on this burger and it tastes fine. Yeah. And it tastes like, like shit the and they don't melt their on cheese.
0: Fucking menu. Nobody wants mushrooms. Nobody wants A1 Nobody
2: sauce wants on burger. <laughs> no one wants A1 sauce on their burger. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants Thousand Island on their
1: burger? That's the special sauce, huh? Dude, it is it's, su- it's, <laughs> it's not
2: Thousand Island. It's Thousand Island E and it, it's called spread. It's not called Thousand Island Thousand Island. Uh, I believe.
0: Uh, wait, Kyle, wait. Quick question Crystal for Crystal also Kyle. has a Thousand Island What did sauce you eat on? Dinner. What do you eat
1: on your burger? And what do you? Lettuce. I get. it. I, get, I go. Why do you have a fork? I go standard. I go standard. I. Go, <laughs> I go. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> bacon cheeseburger. Give me that craft single, with some lettuce, some tomato, and some ketchup. Simple. Ketchup. I'll get that wherever. I'll get that wherever I go. And I'm judging a. It's like the most like. Simple burger what you. What about do. onion? What about pickle? No, no. I'm going for that pure burg taste. See, this okay, here's my yeah, theory. I
3: agree, and five guys falls down on that. Here's front. my
1: theory. I
0: when I moved to the Midwest, this is how people were about their burgers. And this is something that I noticed even on the East Coast a little more. People on their burgers, they want like I want that pure meat and then the ketchup <laughs> taste with like some fucking tomato and lettuce that's not how maybe it's a taste thing that we develop differently because I'm not looking for the best like the thickest like
1: gamiest meat I yeah, can possibly find I don't, I don't like get off meat. on that okay <laughs> I <laughs> you just want that like lot of it's bun little ass
0: shitty little shitty little
1: patty on your I, I like a thin
2: patty
0: how are you gonna how are you gonna use meat as like the number one thing in your burger? Yeah, the meat should be good, it should hold its own, it should be fresh. That's the number one thing. But the meat is just one note in a grand symphony that is a good burger. It sounds like you want some and the bread flavors with some thousand need to work in, in tandem with one another. So you get you know, you get the bun, you get the you get the lettuce, you get the thousand island spread, you get that pickle. Mm, hits you with a little bit of acidic punch you get the pit tomato you get the meat man with the cheese on it don't it, it up on there it's just melts in your mouth and you take a bite of it and oh lordy okay and then it's what, like a
2: visceral experience
0: oh, it's so good it's the best and you know what in and out i've gone many pl- i've already said this <laughs> but I have gone Just many. Repeat places. yourself.
2: That's fine. But
0: I have. Here's here's my, the other thing I want to add to that, is that I've been to a lot of places where I've had a burger, and I'll be like, "This is good shit. Like this could be the one that beats in and out And I'm thinking that in my brain, how to remember how this tastes, Josh. Remember the burger that could potentially beat in and out And I come back to California. Like two, and it's been like a year since I've last had In-N-Out, and I take a bite out of that burger, and you know what, Kyle? Just like the first day I you, ever
1: tried it. I think you're just getting that nostalgia bite. It's though. not like, a nostalgia not bite. Like, it's not, not nostalgia. Like the food. It's been a year. I you're just like last you're like night. this. This this tastes like the California Sunrise. <laughs> this reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> you're like this. This burger represents so much more oh. than its shitty parts. It represents no, my no, childhood. No, those
0: ingredients are so fresh, Kyle
2: they fucking make everything <laughs> fresh kyle they put potatoes in the thing and they move it they, and it makes what? them fries <laughs>
1: that's how everybody makes fries also the no, fries they,
2: they show it though i, won't, I, won't I see stand it for
0: the fries specifically because i think that they're not a great fry by itself i think five guys fries are better i think advantage five guys there <laughs> however paired with the burger. You take a bite of that burger, you dip some fries in ketchup, you eat that, you take a sip
1: of coke. Oh baby. Oh baby. It sounds like it's you're. it sounds like made using made a lot of other heavy. ingredients to try to make your burger taste good. <laughs> you're just like you're like this burger is bad. What can I add to my flavor that's, experience to actually make part this burger of how tolerable? I I
0: have grown up to a part of my culture Kyle, as a person of color. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding uh, doesn't really maybe I mean put like salsa and sauces and shit on a lot of stuff and you know preparing like the best bite of like takes a lot you know anyway that's my you know that's my that's my two cents that's my my humble offering
1: (laughs) burger (laughs) I think people should uh, leave some comments on the episode what's better
0: what burgers do you like what is a great burger to eat while playing video games? Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's the best burger-themed video game? Um, stuff like that.
2: What burger do you like to eat while you play Battlegrounds? Let us know in the comments. Tweet us. DM us. Like and, and we'll subscribe. We'll play Battlegrounds all together, and we'll eat in out burgers, and then we'll Will run over Kyle with a car because he likes Five Guys more. And I want to really raise,
1: raise. I want to raise a point here as we close this episode out. Um, which burger franchise between In n Out and Five Guys is a national burger chain?
2: Five Guys, technically, because In n Out's a family-owned corporation. So, so what just made stick me with think West Coast
1: is that Five Guys is better because they're making more money and can have more what? places No, the reason why what? America,
0: what? In-N-Out <laughs> <laughs> hasn't expanded is not because of money issues. It's because of the fact that they want to be able to control their sorcerers. Josh, you just sound bad, want I don't able... know. You just, you just sound... <laughs> Allow me Five to guys
2: educate the
1: market,
3: that it's the better burger.
2: Kyle. Shh.
1: Shh. <clears throat> you guys like Steak and Shake? Oh, Steak right. and Shake. i never had great.
2: Steak and Shake.
1: Yo, I go... I love the Cristo, Crisco melt Crisco steak and Shake Crisco. The, the Frisco melt every shit. time I go somewhere.
0: Yeah, it's good. A big part of Steak and Shake I'm glad we can unify is on the that. fact that it's super cheap, too. Yep. And it's burger. open 24 hours a I room. love their California burger, which tries to emulate an In-N-Out burger
3: and get actually a little bit close. So, have Steak <laughs> the, and Shake. The, the, uh, the smashed patty adds a lot to the burger, in my opinion. That's, oh, it does. True. The mashed
1: I, you know what, the Frisco melt, the like bad fries, the really good milkshake. To re- to
0: really close it out on a real note here, though, you know, burgers are beautiful food. And you know what? You can have whatever taste you like, as long as you don't put down in and out burgers because it's, it's the best burger straight up. Um, but you know what? I love burgers of all shapes and sizes. Um, like... Dove campaign levels of Variety in burgers at LA. <laughs> um, and, and I don't want to disrespect Any burger because that's, that's wrong
2: They're all beautiful All burgers are beautiful mm-hmm. Except for five guys
1: Alright like us, follow us Subscribe yeah. on iTunes, leave a review Send us an email Pester Josh on Facebook
0: Wait wait real quick Zach where can we see you Where can we
3: find you um, you on? I'm at Hastapura on Twitter, H A S T A P U R A. That's where you'll find those takes, man, twenty four seven, just firing them off constantly. <laughs> Zach's takes
0: are the. It's shit, in your blood, by the way. You got you got to read this, kid. If you haven't already, you owe it to yourself <laughs> to read Zach's work. One of my main inspirations
3: as a writer, just total, you know, fantastic. <clears throat> I think like. Inside of six months, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do like a big Twitter meltdown and like totally delete all my social and then I'll come back in like a year with like a rebrand or something. So you wanna get on, on the ground the ground floor of that so you can be there.
1: I like you relaunching your brand. That's a smart idea. Yeah, that really you smart. gotta stay fresh. You should start a Kickstarter yeah. for it.
3: I'm gonna start a Patreon for
0: um But a GoFundMe meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> The return. Alright, again, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you in a couple weeks.
1: Good night. Peace.